0: The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We have mentioned in one of the previous weeks that I consider these teachings uh, from the Buddha on mindful awareness to really be uh, just a beautiful articulation of what we could probably refer to as human common sense, you know, I don't think we'd get any argument if we, you know, if someone made the case for the opposite of mindful awareness, like, you know, I think what's best in life is to be distracted and to be in denial and to be, have a superficial attention to things based on misperception. You know, nobody would think that was a good strategy for living to be operating with misperception and superficial, distracted attention. One of the things that hopefully you're recognizing, um, having has been reflecting, and you know, I'll, I'll mention this in the guided sit tonight. But it's really appropriate for our meditation instruction to be as simple as. Not me trying to be mindfully aware, but in a sense, just, <coughs> excuse me, just noticing <coughs> excuse me, just noticing the awareness. What is mindful awareness? Just to be interested... like is there mindful awareness now? And no, you might see the mind scrambling a little when you ask a question like that, a little self-consciousness or whatever it might be. But even that can be something being known. And isn't it interesting that it feels, it can at least feel a little awkward or almost at times inappropriate, like I'm not sure I should be present, you know, or I'm not sure I should be seeing things, feeling things this directly, this immediately. In a funny way, we've gotten used to our frenzy, you know, flitting about on the surface of things, not really landing in a way and recognizing this very fundamental truth of what it is to be a human being, which is there is awareness knowing whatever it's knowing in the moment. And that's so central to us understanding what it is to be a human being, to understand this very simple ongoing operation Of awareness, knowing an object. So it's a marriage where there's the knowing, knowing something, some experience, some sound, some sight, some sensation, some thought. So the knowing mind, the awareness could be knowing something external, like a sound or a sight, or something internal, like a thought or an emotion, even something relatively subtle like the attitude of mind now. Is the mind grumpy? Is the mind kind? Is the mind aversive, fearful? And so mindful awareness, this particular kind of mental muscle, spiritual muscle we're developing, it's really recognizing this essential truth to being alive something is being known, something is being known. And now we're adding this piece we call mindfulness or mindful awareness, where there's that simple, honest recognition. Oh, this is being known, this is being known. So we're creating this space, this reflective space, where the wisdom in the mind recognizes that this experience is being known. That's why we can, you know, when we've been distracted and we want to start over, we can just ask the question, well, what's the mind knowing now? What's being known? What's the mind doing? What's the mind knowing? Just a simple question like that can get us back on track with the practice. Oh, this experience is being known. So that we don't feel that we have to rush back to the meditation anchor in order to be mindful. Just knowing that the mind's been distracted, as you probably have began, begun to understand, is a moment of mindfulness. Knowing that my mind is discombobulated, know, knowing that I'm irritable, is a moment of mindfulness. Because mindfulness doesn't care what object is being known. Mindfulness is all about knowing that this object is being known, right? We're remembering to know that this is what's being known now. So it's like that reflective space of awareness. Oh yeah, being here now is like this. This experience of being here now is like this. That's mindfulness. And in that space, you know, in that reflective knowing space, how it's like this, there's both the object that the knowing mind is knowing, but in a sense different, it's just another object, but the mind that's knowing whatever it is that's predominant might be, like if you're with your meditation object, like the breath, The knowing mind is knowing the breath. But the knowing mind might be colored with an attitude or a mood. Like the knowing mind might be a little impatient or judgmental or aggressive, controlling, or bored, or kind, or curious, or tranquil, right? So in a way, we can say there are two things that can be known. The object that's being known And the attitude through which the knowing mind is knowing the particular object of the present moment. And so the last few weeks especially, I've been just in the instructions, just giving the cue to notice the attitude of mind because it's really important. And in, in the Buddhist tradition, you know, we talk about the three unwholesome roots and the three wholesome roots. And there's any number of ways, you know, we could talk about unskillful and skillful qualities of mind. This is one of the simpler from the Buddhist tradition. And so the three unwholesome roots, you might guess, you know, the quality of greediness, stinginess, the quality of fear and aversion and anger, right? So you could just call that aversion everything from you know total hatred to just even being bored as a kind of aversion and then delusion and then the wholesome would be the opposite so instead of greed a kind of contentedness generosity the ability to let go or to renounce something instead of anger kindness goodwill instead of delusion connecting with clarity with the way it is there's no diluted dilution there. Like when I touch the bell, you know, and I feel the weight and the hardness and the smoothness of the bell, when I'm not in the concept of what I think this is, but I'm in the direct tactile experience, there's really no doubt. Oh yeah, it's hard, smooth, it's heavy, right? There's no kind of confusion in my mind. The confusion comes when I'm in the concept, like, is it an expensive bell? Where would somebody buy a bell like this? Do you guys have a better bell than I have? Right. Then I'm in that conceptual world and there's plenty of room for doubt and confusion. But not in a simple moment. Like you might have a lot of doubt about whether you're a good meditator, but then in the next moment, you can connect with the touching of the breath as it comes in the nostrils. And you're just feeling that, relative cool sensation as the breath comes in through the nostrils. In those moments, when there's that simple knowing of that touch, there's no doubt in the mind. So one attitude, and I mentioned this last week, that in week five we often talk about loving kindness practice. um, Because... I'm presuming it's true for all of us in the group tonight, you know, the 39 of us or whatever, that we have actually bumped into a really beautiful, generous quality in our mind, in our heart, where the kindness was uncontrived. You weren't trying to be a kind person. There was just that natural openness of goodwill, of kindness or love or whatever you want to call it. So anybody doubt that your heart, your mind has that capacity to be kind in that uncontrived actual way? Speak now. (laughs) So I'm assuming that we've all had at least one moment in our life where we've noticed our heart is capable of being good. So this, that memory like of a time, you know, could be simple. Like for me, you know, I have a pretty good relationship with my, our cat, it's actually my Mostly my spouse cat, but she uh, lets me be sort of a grandparent where I don't have that many responsibilities, but I get to love up the cat. And uh, so sometimes, you know, I'll hold the cat against my chest and we'll look out a big window, often with it wide open, like a big screen patio door. So the cat can look outside and we have our moment. And the quality of kindness or love or whatever you want to call it that open-hearted, unconditional, I don't want to harm you in any way feeling, totally trustworthy goodness of my heart, you know, I can remember that. And the interesting thing about that attitude of kindness is it's, it's a little contagious. So even though I use that memory of standing there with my cat you know whatever the memory would be for you could be getting a hug from a friend or seeing the neighbor kid that you delight in because they're so sweet the three-year-old who lives near you or something like that or a niece a nephew so it doesn't matter what the particular mental image might be because the point of bringing that to mind is to just be reminded that this heart has this capacity to be kind and then to notice i mean it's sort of Naturally begs the question, well, what about now? Like, even just having me talk about this the last few minutes, and now we can look at the folks, including the people who have their video off, we just have the name or something sitting there, but we realize, you know what? There are other human beings out there, and we're all here together in the cyberspace. And you know what? These folks probably suffer like I do, and hopefully have moments of ease and happiness like I do sometimes. And you know what? I, I, This heart is capable, quite naturally, unforced, having the wish, may you be happy. May you be happy in your lives. May your hearts be at ease. And even though I don't know many of you well, It's easy for me to wish well for you. You know, may your life go well. May it be easy. May you navigate the difficult stuff with real grace and wisdom and skill and forgiveness. May you be happy. And now, immediately, I don't know if those wishes help you, but immediately my attitude has shifted. So whatever kind of irritation I might have picked up during the day from difficult interactions or just even habits of being irritable or grumpy or trolling or whatever might be defensive, they get pushed out. You know, the Buddha uses the image, you know, back in the Buddha's day, they didn't have nails so much, they used wooden pegs to build structures, right? And then one of the wooden pegs might get rotten. So you take a new hardwood peg, you pound it in, and you push the old peg right out and replace it with the solid brand new peg. And this is just one image the Buddha used about how whatever mood, whatever attitude is present, it's not set in stone. We often have the idea when I'm depressed, when I'm angry, when I'm full of lust, when I'm this, I'm that, when we have a particular attitude of mind, we often imagine that's who I am. I can't be anybody else right now. And there's a little truth to that. But it's only for that moment that it's true. Like right now, the mind is the way it is. But the mind is quite uh, unfixed in its essence. And If we were really honest with ourselves, we could probably bring to mind. It's a little disconcerting when we see this, but when we're in a particular mood, have a particular attitude, and then something happens and it's like it flips on a dime where now we have a different attitude, a different mood. Right? Isn't that true? So it's much more fluid than we might think. And... The reason I'm spending the time now talking about this is it's really worth at the beginning of a sit, you know, so you have 30 minutes, let's say, to take some time first to acknowledge the present mood, the attitude, the qualities in the mind that are actually already there, maybe have some momentum. And then over time, getting quite skilled at shifting the space so that we have, a really useful attitude for the meditation like metta is the pali word for loving kindness or basic goodness friendliness of heart and then when that basic goodness runs into suffering we call it karuna which is usually translated as compassion when that beautiful quality of love runs into something beautiful it's appreciative joy the pali word is mudita and even when things are weird or confusing, ambiguous, we can, love still knows how to show up, but we might call it, you know, equanimity, like remaining imbalanced, even though I don't know what the heck's going on, what's up, what's down, what's good, what's bad. But I can be balanced, I can be equanimous, and that's my way of being intimate, and really connecting, which is ultimately... That's what love is, that goodness of the heart. It's that capacity, natural capacity of the heart to include everything. Not because we like it, but because it's showing up in our experience. And so, love, in a sense, says yes. Not because I want this moment, these conditions to be the way they are. But the heart says yes, love says yes, because saying no doesn't help it's tight only when we look with wisdom only kind of some one of these four expressions of love only that makes sense so in this way the buddha might say you only need four emotions this basic goodness or friendliness what in the tradition is called metta compassion when that goodness runs into suffering my own suffering or you your suffering, compassion. When it runs into something good or beautiful, that beautiful, joyful appreciation, gladness, and equanimity for everything else. Equanimity in a way is is the foundation, background of love. Because love doesn't really have an agenda except to include or to be close. So, Um, At the beginning of the sit tonight, I'll give a few instructions about bringing that attitude of love, kindness, basic goodness to mind and keeping it in mind. And so anytime during the 30-minute sit, see if you can refresh that attitude of basic goodness, basic friendliness. And there's room for some creativity here you have to try you know and you could bring an image to mind or if one classic way to bring in some kindness like if my mind is in a funk or really hurting or is to start caring about how difficult it is right now to be a human being and immediately see like i said earlier you can go from like really hating what's going on in my life to oh honey it is an easy being a human being. I care about how difficult it is for me right now. I care enough to stay close. And I care enough to wish well for myself. Right? And it's just, there's a natural expansive quality, boundless quality to love. Because then it's relatively easy to realize, you know, there are other people out of the 39 of us the number of folks that are having a hard time in this particular moment may you also be well may your heart and body also be at ease may you be free from suffering from stress may your heart be at ease so you can articulate <clears throat> that flavor of kindness with some words that makes it a little can make it a little bit more concrete so easier to <clears throat> have that attitude be the object of a mindful awareness because you're structuring it by repeating or bringing to mind a couple phrases like I just did, but you don't need to bring to mind the phrases because you can just be aware of the quality, the emotion of love. So when the emotion is strong enough, then let that be, you're basically aware of the attitude itself as uh, for a moment or two, that's your mindfulness object. But if you're, you know, you notice you've been irritable for a while and you really want to shift the attitude, it feels like a skillful thing to do, then experiment with using phrases and use the words, the phrase that really work for you. A little later before we end at nine, I'll give you a more formal loving kindness meditation instruction and uh, hopefully some of you looked at week fives, um, the handout for week five. And that's uh, a nice set of specific instructions for each of the four kinds of love, that basic friendliness, metta, compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity. And it's just a slightly different orientation. And it's really good to realize this heart is nimble in that way. You know, you might have a quality of love that's easier for you, like compassion or whatever it might be, but you really want your heart to be able to respond in all ways so that any situation that life might deliver, you can relate with one of these four emotions. And this is even good, you know, as you're hearing me talk about it, just to imagine what happened today or what might happen tomorrow. And just imagine only like showing up with one of these four emotions and being really functional and not weird and really being able to, you know, take care of the business of your life with only those four emotions to choose from. Kindness, compassion, appreciative joy, you know, just appreciating what's good in the moment and equanimity, that profound balance that is even balanced when things are really strange weird or ambiguous or confusing any questions about what i've said thus far before we settle into some sitting time yes i have a question loving kindness is uh, sometimes people translators will chant translate the word metta with the word loving kindness okay Uh, yeah gladness gladness okay um sympathetic joy some people translate it too okay questions anything else before we stretch our legs and get ready for our 30 minute sit good so go ahead and if you need to move which you can to Feel like your body's being taken care of it won't be perfect as I'm sure you realize but even this can be an act of kindness how you settle in to a posture that's relatively still yeah Kabir did you have something else yes sure for a short period of time there's it It can be kind of earthy and grounding to be sitting on the floor, whether you're kneeling or the more traditional cross leg position, but you do definitely want if you're stiff in the hips you want to elevate so you want to sit on a stiff pillow or another thing that works well if you don't have a you know an actual meditation cushion which tends to be kind of stiff. you can roll a a blanket or um Even some like big bath towels, several of them, roll them and then sit on that. Or even sitting on a yoga mat that's rolled up can Mm -hmm. give you enough height. And then you can use other pillows under your knees so that they're not just dangling up high in the air. But see if you can prop some things underneath your knees if they're not getting to the ground. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Thank you. Settling in, you may just want to take a couple of longer, deep breaths. Take three to five long, slow, easy breaths, filling, emptying the lungs. And often it's best if you can to breathe through the nostrils, not the mouth. As if you have all the time in the world to inhale and exhale. And how about one more at your own pace? And as we just allow the breathing to continue on its own, knowing that we can trust the body to do the breathing, it's It's always a nice discovery to realize that I don't need to consciously manage the breathing process. There's so much intelligence built into the body. And as we simply sit and feel the sensations of the body sitting, It's a good time to check on the attitude. Is it possible now to be relating to the sitting body, the sensations here, in a kind, generous, compassionate way? And even appreciating with joy the intelligence and health of the body. And whether you'd want to say it with words or not, but just that feeling, may this body be at ease, may it be happy and at ease, this body. I care about this body, care enough right now to be close and care enough to simply feel any sensations that are here to feel. So each of us in our own way, in an uncontrived way, just having a little love fest with the body, just appreciating it and if it's hurting a lot, having some compassion, some tenderness. Yeah, sometimes the body hurts like this and I care about that. I'm not afraid of whatever the body, bodily sensations are now. And feeling confident that it's possible now to be relating to the sitting body, the breathing body with kindness, with a kind of love, trustworthy love. As if the whole space of the body is somehow in a simple way touched by this kind presence this generous presence. Nothing needs to be left out. And with this attitude of kindness, just aware of the meditation anchor for those of you who are using mindfulness of breathing, just notice that the body's already breathing in its own way, and it's totally fine. However, the body is breathing already. And we're just aware of that rhythm of breathing in, breathing out, and in a kind way, as we're breathing in, feeling the totality of the whole body Breathing out, experiencing the whole body just as it is. As an expression of kindness, just sustaining that simple and kind presence from the beginning of the in-breath through to the end from the beginning of the out-breath through to the end, but in a gentle, non-controlling way, forgiving way, in a way that this kind presence is really having a calming effect on the body, breathing in, experiencing the whole body, Breathing out, experiencing the whole body. And remind the body and the mind that it's okay. It's really good to relax and soften. We don't need to be tight in any way to do the meditation. And even though we're aware of breathing in and breathing out one half breath at a time, you can allow the sensations of breathing in and breathing out to go into the background and feeling more generally the whole body as you breathe in and the totality of the whole body as you breathe out. So really noticing this inclusive and generous quality of present moment awareness. Breathing in, experiencing the whole body. Breathing out, experiencing the whole body just as it is. And any thoughts, distractions, if they're relatively minor, just let them be in the background. No need to be upset or frustrated with thoughts coming and going. But stronger distractions that take the attention, then just practice noticing that the distraction is something being felt, being known. So it becomes the meditation object in a sense. Oh, this is being known. Feels like this. Just keep acknowledging that phenomena you're calling a distraction. It's something being known, feels like this. And see if you can with kindness let it cease on its on its own so you're not trying to get rid of the distraction. but wisdom and kindness understands that it will pass away in due time. So you're not getting identified with it, you're just noticing it as the next thing showing up in the present moment. I'm gonna continue now in silence. And remember to check the attitude from time to time without judgment. And notice whatever the attitude might be, it's able to change. It's not fixed. Keep it really simple. We're learning to bring this kind, generous, present moment awareness, using the breath and the whole body as an anchor. But really okay when distractions, other phenomena, Arise strongly in our experience, then just recognize okay, this is being known. It's like this now. And we'll take the last few minutes now, sitting comfortably, doing our best, if possible, to hold the body still, allowing the eyes to open if they've been closed. So there's the experience of seeing the soft gaze. We're not looking at any particular thing, In the same way, just listening without listening to any particular sound, more receptive, feeling the whole body sitting, including the breath in the body, and learning to be present with the whole experience of embodiment, the five senses, And in this sense, making peace with whatever the mind is sensitive to now. Can this be okay? Seeing, hearing, feeling sensations. Can this be okay? Is it safe to relax? To soften? Then noticing the mood or the qualities in the mind now. How's the mind? Is it tight or relaxed? Too much energy, restless? Too little? Agitated or tranquil? Just notice how it is. And finally, noticing how there isn't anybody who has to be aware, awareness is here, knowing objects, naturally. And take the time to adjust. And even as we're moving the body or taking a sip of water or whatever, the continuity of awareness doesn't need to change or cease. So we know when we're reaching that we're reaching. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit